Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I'm casting cards from Exile. And I'm... Uh, 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 Venturing off, Johnny. into the dungeon? I guess. Uh, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm uh, still, still recovering nicely from my... Uh, Wisdom tooth extraction. I still have some big empty holes in my mouth, and I have to take a syringe and blast water up in there every time I eat something. Wait, it's, really? Uh, real gross. Yeah, I don't remember having to do that at all. Well, I don't know. My uh, it just helps them not like get infected. I guess it keeps the sockets clear of debris. Well, I mean, debris is the worst. <laughs> how are you i'm okay uh very okay so ashley was concerned for me this weekend uh for a very specific reason that reason being uh i went to bed at eight o'clock on friday uh and and slept until about eight o'clock on on saturday morning so uh yeah i got some good sleep and she was very confused because I mm. I never go to sleep that early and I never sleep that late. So must be fucking nice. It was very nice. I don't have a job that requires me to work on a Saturday. It's fantastic. I don't know. My mother and my aunt came to visit, so um, I don't know. I I put on what the fuck like sixty three, sixty four hours this week. Um, so I was pretty tired and just like. Uh, still dealing with a, a little bit of residual tooth pain, so, like, I just kind of had a headache and was tired. Um, but we went to, uh, the Botanical Gardens, and we were walking through there, and that was really cool, and then, uh, we went to, uh, a place in, just outside Columbus called Otherworld, uh, which is sort of an interactive art installation, slash... Fun house? I don't know how to describe it. It's fucking crazy. But, like, they got, like, all these different artists to build, like, these impossible scenery things. And, like, there's, uh, like, puzzles and, like, things to discover and secret passages and shit. And, uh, it was fucking really cool. And I, I can't wait to go back, uh, without my mother and my aunt there so that I can actually go and, and do the puzzles and figure out the thing. Oh, actually enjoy yourself? <laughs> it's not that I didn't enjoy myself. It was just, I don't know, I had to I had to kind of do the family thing. But yeah, it's cool though. If you're if you're ever in Columbus, I would definitely recommend it. Okay. Well that's neat. I don't know. I've never I've never done acid, but I feel like if I was the kind of person who did acid, that's where I would hang out. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Sure. Whatever you say, boss. That's all. all um, right. It's a cool, cool place. Well, dope. Uh, I have I have nothing else to add to this. Uh, only to say, yowza, bowza, wowza, schmowza. And with that, let's move into ne- into what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. Uh, I'm having a Modelo. What are you having? Uh, I'm having uh, Lagunitas, or as uh, John, formerly of now in Technicolor, would say, a Laguintas. <laughs> Uh, I had to remind Ashley of that story, but every time I have a, a, a Lagunitas, I, I remember John sit, pronouncing it as Laguintas. Everyone on the call being like, what the fuck is that? And then uh, <laughs> eventually realizing, oh, he means Lagunitas. Okay. I miss John. There were some good things to Podfix. He was one of them. <sighs> well, all right. Let's move into some Netflix news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. So, Dan, uh, Scott Stuber, Netflix's head of global films, had a lot to say in a variety piece. Uh, for <laughs> I fucking hate you for writing this. <laughs> First up, there's Wayfarer's Bobble. Netflix has sequels in the works for Extraction, The Old Guard, and most surprisingly of all, Bright. That is a, that is a name I have not heard in many years. <laughs> What's the Star uh, Wars quote? I can't, whatever the, whatever the yeah. Star Wars quote is, that's Do how you- I feel right now. Do you know, do you know Bright? Know him? Of course I know him. He's me. I am him. Uh, left off from that list is the number four most viewed movie, Six Underground. We didn't feel like we got there on that one creatively. Yeah, no shit. It was a nice hit, but at the end of the day, we didn't feel like we nailed the mark to justify coming back again. There just wasn't that deep love for those characters or that world. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. That was Scott Stuber saying that quote. Yeah, like I I watched yeah. that movie out of like pure spite after about twenty minutes. So, <laughs> fucking magnets. How do they work? I mean, it was a cool scene. Don't get me wrong, but I I Wah. didn't enjoy my time with it. It wasn't a movie I ever wanted to get back to, and thank God we never have to go back to it. Wah. All right, let's talk about Bright for a minute. What the fuck? Where has this been? It's been almost four years, and this is the first we're hearing about it. It's been a really long time. I don't... Okay. They also said in the article that they're getting back Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. It's like, how? Do they really (laughs) want to do that? Like, I don't know. What the fuck else is Will Smith doing? Uh, He actually has another Netflix project coming up. I mean, after uh, he basically got cucked on on live YouTube, uh, which if you haven't seen this video, you need to see this video. Basically, uh, it's him sitting down with his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, and her regaling them, uh, regaling us and Will Smith of the tale of her cheating on Will Smith. Yeah, (laughs) it's uh, it's a doozy. So. Uh, so other than getting cucked out of his lone life, uh, this and some other project are what he's doing. (laughs) 
I'm not going to stand here and watch myself get cucked by Michael Bolton. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. A sequel to be on the lookout. I mean, I, I felt like the old guard and extraction made a lot of sense. They're both in that top ten list of most watched things. I mean, extraction's number one. We find that because I, I tweeted it out here in a minute. Here, I don't remember where I tweeted it though. Here we go. Uh, it went extraction, bird box, Spencer confidential, six underground, murder mystery, the old guard, Anola Holmes, Project Power, and Army of the Dead, tied for eight nine, and then fatherhood. So, yeah. Uh, a couple of other things that came out of the story that I did not write down. One, uh, Netflix is talking to Christopher Nolan to get his one of his new movies to to Netflix because uh, there's been the following out with with WB. Uh, that will happen when hell freezes over. <laughs> and two, uh, we now have a general metric for how Netflix uh, views successful movies. They have said. That if a movie, a, a two hundred million dollar budget movie, should garner at least seventy million views, in order to be considered a uh, successful financial investment. Interesting. Uh, which goes back to uh, Six Underground. I think that cost one hundred and fifty million, uh, and hit 83 million so i mean i i understand that you know creatively you don't think it got there but it still hit yeah it was i mean it made them a profit but so uh, i wonder if that's a linear scale like you know if they spend 100 million dollars on a movie does does that mean it needs 35 million views in order to be considered successful i wouldn't think so Wish I had a hundred million dollars so I could consider myself successful. All right, uh, our next story is probably the most uh, pressing one, and it's that Netflix is implementing a new mandatory, uh, a new policy for mandatory vaccinations for actors and those who come in close contact with them. Uh, an example is uh, Bridgerton. Uh, it's been shut down. Uh, its production has been shut down twice now uh, since they began filming season two which I'm sure is, you know, forcing this along. Uh, and now this no this makes uh, Netflix the first and only Hollywood studio to enforce any kind of ma mandatory vaccination policy. So let's find out who the anti-vaxxers are among some actors, baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel pretty comfortable saying that, like, if you have had the opportunity to get vaccinated by now and you have not, you're a bad person. So stop listening to this show. Sure. So. One of my coworkers actually got COVID and was out for like a month, and uh, she couldn't be vaccinated like as it was coming out because she still had the antibodies in her in her system. She had to wait right. for them to dissipate. I think she could get it in like June or like recently. I think she's gotten it recently. So like that's about as that's what I know. I and one other coworker I know. Uh, doesn't want to get the vaccine, or at least didn't want to get the vaccine. I believe she's vaccinated now because she was. There wasn't enough research regarding pregnancy, uh, in like your forties and the effects of the vaccine on that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's there's valid concerns for sure, and like there's people that can't get it for a medical reason. But like, if, if you're a general if it's because person. like. 
Oh, I, I heard on Fox News that, uh, fucking whatever celebrity, uh, Jenny McCarthy said it gives me autism. I don't know. Then you're just... <laughs> what the fuck are you really doing here? Yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah. And by uh, here, I mean as a part of this species. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens here. Uh, and like who is going to leave Netflix shows now that they're forced to get vaccines. Cause it's going to happen. Yeah. And somebody's going to really raise hell about it and talk about how persecuted they are and make people feel bad for them. No one feels bad for them. They're monsters. So that'll move us over into downstream. Uh, where we talk about the latest trailers for things that are coming to Netflix. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, first, first up, there's Postmortem. L- Liv Hallingen. That's kind of funny. Her name is Liv or Live, maybe? Because um, she's found dead in Skarn. Uh, but all of a sudden, she wakes up on the autopsy table and the questions begin. No one really dies in Skarn, do they? Postmortem. No one dies in Scarn. La- launches August twenty fifth. Uh, Dan. D- d- no one dies in Scarn. No one's uh, ever she's really back from gone. The dead and has an, she has a newfound thirst for blood. Meanwhile, her family's funeral parlor desperately needs more business. Hmm. What if? Hey, remember Santa Clarita Diet? Hmm. Remember when this was Swedish Santa Clarita Diet? Yeah, basically. Um, I don't know. It looks okay. She uh, she's a ghoul. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it looks fine. But uh, I don't know who else made the comparison. I'm sure there are people complaining online that Santa Clarita Diet is canceled and the show is getting uh, a season. I don't know. Just just let people keep making their shitty zombie series. It's fine to ignore them. Ah, uh, that's true. I mean. Why would you support a show that you don't know if, if it's going to have, like, 18 Boops. seasons immediately? Oh. Uh, that's true. Speaking of uh, having 18 seasons, uh, our next trailer is for Cooking with Paris. Paris Hilton can cook, kind of. Check your smoke detector and get ready. Cooking with Paris comes to Netflix till August 4th. With an anyone-can-cook attitude, Paris Hilton adds her own flair to every dish. Fun is just one edible glitter bomb away for on this unique cooking show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I put this in here to make you mad. to Just to fuck with me? Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. It looks like any other reality TV show with a celebrity who's famous for having money. That's, uh, that's true. I, I don't know. She it, it looks like she's a bad cook. <laughs> it looks like it could be funny. I don't know. She has like a diamond encrusted spatula and she's complaining that she burned the diamonds off her spatula. <laughs> so, I don't uh, know. Ri- rich person out of touch with real life. Uh more at 11. <laughs> um I can't wait for the the next Paris Hilton series governing the United States with Paris Hilton. I'd be down for that. I mean, it can't be worse than the last reality series we had uh, regarding yeah. the Oval Office. <laughs> uh, this summer, Mitch McConnell is 
The Apprentice. I'm pretty happy with how little I've heard about Mitch McConnell over the last few months. Uh, it's true. Because fuck that guy. <clears throat> All right. Um, next up is a trailer for Al Rawabi School for Girls. Uh, at the prestigious Al Rawabi School for Girls, the outcasts are the ones with the daring plans to take down the bullies. Uh, Al Rawabi School for Girls streaming 12th of August only on Netflix. The bully outcasts at pre prestigious Al Rawabi School for Girls plot a series of risky takedowns to get back at their tormentors. Uh, there was a teaser out for this last week uh, that looks way more interesting than this trailer makes this series look. Nah. So, uh, don't want if you're if this sounds mildly interesting to you, don't watch this trailer. Go watch the teaser that came out last week. No, no, this looks all right. It's like uh, getting back at the Mean Girls. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much exactly that. All right. Um, next up is the trailer for Vivo. A one-of-a-kind kinkajou, uh, voiced by Lin-Manuel Miranda, a kinkajou is a type of New World monkey, uh, embarks on an unforgettable musical adventure to deliver a love song to Marta, voiced by Gloria Estefan, on behalf of his owner, Andre, Buena Vista Social Club's Juan de Marcos. Um, this is a, an animated film about a music-loving kinkajou uh, on the journey of a lifetime to fulfill his destiny and deliver a love song for an old friend. Uh, Dan, what do you think about the idea of Lin-Manuel Miranda continuing to have a career? I, I mean, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I legitimately do not care. I've never seen Hamilton. Uh, the only thing I've seen, I've, like, experienced Lin-Manuel Miranda-wise is uh, Moana. And, and that's it. And I... I'm not trying to stay willfully ignorant of Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's just that he doesn't make things that seem interesting to me. So, good job, this for keeping up that streak. Mm -hmm. I don't know, this looks fine. It looks like an animated kids thing that is gonna... I think it's even spoiled in the fucking trailer. Uh, fucking his owner dies. Because he lays like a white flower on like a park bench next to a picture of the guy. Yeah, and then uh, he leaves to, <laughs> to torment this woman with the knowledge that uh, she'll never be able to uh, enjoy on Earth what uh, the, this love that, you know, she could have had and missed out on. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. It, uh, it's definitely a thing. Yeah, it looks fine. Well, uh, finally, we get to a trailer for a limited series called Brand New Cherry Flavor. This isn't your average revenge flick. A filmmaker heads to Hollywood in the early 90s to make her movie, but tumbles down a hallucinatory rabbit hole of sex, magic, revenge, and kittens? Brand New Cherry Flavor, a new limited series starring Rosa Salazar, Catherine Keener, Eric Lang, Jeff Ward, and Manny Jacinto, premieres August 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is definitely the most interesting one of the bunch. It looks interesting. But 
Will it be good? I don't know. Uh, it looks like a fucking fever dream that somebody had. And, you know, yeah. for a limited series, that's kind of what you want sometimes. Yeah. What did you think? I don't know. I have nothing further to add. Um, okay. I don't know. It looks pretty wild. Uh, dope. All right. Uh, that'll move us into quick hits, I guess, where we'll talk about some other shit we watched this week. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I watched Raya and the Last Dragon on Blu-ray. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, that movie was decent. Why did you have it on Blu-ray? Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to do something with Vanessa. And she was like, maybe we can we can get a movie. And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, and we liked, we liked Moana, and we liked Coco, so we took a leap of faith and just purchased it okay because we don't have disney plus it was always allowed but you're missing out on every marvel show uh good <laughs> yeah i don't know it's uh it's a fine little movie it's i won't talk about it too much but uh i liked it less than moana and coco but i did like it so so funny enough ashley also watched that this weekend yeah? She like uh, it? Uh, I, I'd have to go in her letterbox to see what she says about it. But the thing... Because I was there for the end of the movie. And the end of the movie happens, and I she had to pause for some reason. I think the dogs needed fed. And she pauses, and she's like, holy fuck, there's 20 minutes left. And I'm like... <laughs> I, I looked at it, I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. But I can tell you, they, they had the magical shot of them running together. Like, oh my god, we finally fucking did it. We did the thing. And they're like, yay, we did the thing, everybody. And then it looks like it's wrapping up, and it's like, how the fuck is there 20 minutes left of this movie? There is 20 minutes of credits. Yeah. That's true. That is a 90-minute movie that has 20 minutes of credits. On Disney+, Plus, it's listed as an hour and 53 minutes. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't get it. Don't know. I know. The other thing I watched was uh, I introduced my uh, mother and aunt to uh, Nailed It. Oh, okay. Which they thought was pretty funny, but they, they thought that Nicole Byers was annoying, so they didn't want to watch it for a long time. Yeah, fine. I'll, I'll just say it. I think Nicole Byers is kind of cute. There. That was always allowed. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, as for me, I watched Under Siege, uh, starring everyone's uh, least favorite Aikido master, Steven Seagal, uh, back when he was skinny. <laughs> so, uh, what did I think as uh, someone watching a 1992 movie in uh, 2021? That was fine. It's a fine movie. Nothing great. Yeah, the movie's fine. I guess, uh, I don't know. Seagal, uh, Seagal's kind of like low key hilarious in that in that movie. Just like with his, with his delivery, like the way you know, just delivering. I'm just a cook. Yeah, I'm just, just a, a lowly, lowly cook. And then you got the the woman dancing out of the not even a cake cake thing. Yeah, her boobs flopping it's, uh, all about. It's great. It's a uh, Playboy playmate, Erica Alaniac. I uh. 
I, I've gotten I've gotten to the point where I start facetiously like clapping anytime there's nudity on the screen in a movie. I'm just like, yay! <laughs> I was just like, okay, ah, uh, thank you, tits. <laughs> Come slam your penis in the door of your own luxury sedan. <laughs> I can make that happen for you. Yeah, like Tommy Lee Jones is over the top and hilarious. I mean, it's Tommy Lee Jones versus Gary Busey into who can be more over the top. Uh, and it is quite the fucking arms race to watch. Yeah. Oh, I, I love Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. I love Gary Busey in that movie, too. So. Uh, uh, it's it's a movie. Uh, they had SEAL Team 5 on, on that. They didn't have SEAL Team Ricks, which made me upset. I didn't really. I didn't care. Uh, it, it just, it just happened. So, yeah, uh, if you're, if you want, like, what, I think it's like a hundred minutes. I think it's the perfect amount of time for that movie. Uh, you know, doesn't overstay its welcome. Speaking of overstaying its welcome, I'll now talk about Blood Red Sky. Uh, the general gist of the movie is that, uh, some hijackers take over an airplane for some reason. There's a, we don't know the reason. Like they're pro- they are projected to be like terrorists, but they're not. They're taking it over for like people who are on the ground. Uh, like some shadow. Like it's it's kind of like Money Plane, but told from the other perspective. And also, uh, the protagonist is a fucking vampire. <laughs> it's a it's a ninety minute premise that goes on for two hours. Oof. Uh, and it doesn't start you in a great way either because uh it it does the you know fade to black 12 hours earlier thing and it's like just just start from the beginning like if you started from the beginning of this woman you know hanging out in a blacked out hotel room and then you told her story that way i'd i would have gotten more on board with it but no and then like the vampire effects are fine but like it's just so drawn out and it's so boring. Like it's just so uninteresting. Everything that fucking happens. I was so checked out by the time like uh, the the main crazy bad guy gets bitten by uh, our our protagonist and she can't kill him in time, uh, so he turns into a vampire. And then he starts infecting everybody else by turning them into vampires. And that's just a plane of vampires with, like, a couple people who are not vampires. It it, it sucks. And then the ending's also fucking terrible. <laughs> the the ending's just so fucking bad. So. Uh, 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 one, I hate this movie. Don't watch it. I won't. Uh, and then I watched the first Mobile Suit Gundam movie. Uh, this is entirely in Japanese, and I think that's part of the reason I'm not super into it. It's like, I, I watched all of Mobile Suit Gundam Origins in English. Uh, the dubbing the dubbing in Japanese isn't even good, because, like, it does, it does that thing in, like, that we make fun of Japanese things for, where it's like, their mouths move, but then, like, there's nothing, they're, they're not saying anything. And maybe I'm the only psychopath that knows, notices that, but, like... It was distracting and bad. Like it's like they didn't even try to put care into it or something. I don't know. Uh also, like, it's I think it's an abridged version of the series, so like there's some editing things that don't make sense. Like characters are just like 
doing random shit for some reason. Like at one point, uh, they land on Earth and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna go have a beach day." And it's like, you guys were just in like a full scale battle where you killed like one of the main enemy's commanders, like, and you're gonna go have a fucking beach day afterwards. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, it it just like it jumps around all over the place. It kind of it makes sense for the most part, but then like you're like, how did we end up here? Eh. Oh my god, how did we get there? Uh, just stay away from that coffee machine. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna watch the other two, because I'm invested, but uh, this all this makes me want to do is watch the series instead. Well, alright. Uh, and that's it, that's all I watched this week. Well, on that newt... Newt? 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 She turned me into a newt. I can't really pronounce words uh, at all. On that note, uh, why don't we cut into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our featured review for Masters of the Universe Revelation. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Delarosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. Uh, what the fuck is it called? Oh my god, I'm so bad at this. Uh, Masters of the Universe, Revelations. A revelation. The Book of Revelations. <laughs> Masters of the Universe, Revelation is a new animated series from Netflix. Uh, this is a 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, the war for Eternia begins again in what may be the final battle between He-Man and Skeletor, a new animated series from writer-director Kevin Smith, uh, who assures us that, you know, Clerks 3 is coming. Mm-hmm. Says, uh, Chris Wood as He-Man, Lena Headey as Evil Lynn, uh, Tiffany Smith as Andra, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila, Mark Hamill as Skeletor, Diedrich Bader as Trapjaw, uh, Justin Long is Roboto. Yep. <laughs> For some fucking reason. Uh, Henry Rollins is Triclops. Um, I don't know. Kind of a big voice cast. I really like Mark Hamill as Skeletor. That's what sold me on this show. Oh, yeah. So, uh, what did you think of the the new chapter in the Masters of the Universe saga? So... First and foremost, I want to say, the reason why it's a, what do you say, 4.7 on IMDb? 4.9. 4.9. It it was getting review bombed for one reason and one reason only. Because everyone thought it would be a He-Man show, and then it turned out to be a Tila show. Uh, Oh, because people are threatened by a strong female lead. Probably. I have no strong feeling about Tila one way or the other. I think the first... Two episodes are a bit of a mess because uh, I and I said it on Twitter. 
the pilot, like the first episode feels like the season finale to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe or like a series finale. And then like we pick up revelations with, you know, fucking a revelation with, with Tila being the main character. And I'm like, okay, uh, I wish I had any frame of reference for what the fuck was going on. Cause just like a bunch of shit's happening and I have n- like no context because it's been forever since I've seen He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And then a time skip happens, and then all of a sudden, Tila's with somebody who I have no idea who they are, and I'm just so confused. So, like, the first two episodes kind of sucked, but then from there I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is a whatever show. Yeah, I feel pretty similar. Um, I... Based on the trailer, I was expecting this to be a lot more action-packed, but it does kind of a lot of character work and stuff instead. Um, it's all good. I liked all of it. Um, it just didn't really match up to my expectations. And, uh, yeah, because of reasons, He-Man isn't the main focus for most of it. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of dives more into, like, the history of Eternia and why is that the way it is. And, um, we get you know no pun intended revelations about who all these people are and why he-man has the power mm. and you know i just i kind of barely remember the 80s cartoon you know the cartoon that was designed to sell you people toys uh mm-hmm. like and it was just like the same shit it was like power rangers it was the same shit every week you know, uh, Skeletor has a plan to take Castle Grayskull. He-Man fights and uh, defeats Skeletor, but doesn't kill him. And then Skeletor comes back next week with uh, more diabolical plans of new toys that you can buy. <laughs> the Like the skull helicopter thing, which I'm pretty sure is a real toy. There was that. I wanted that in the show. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I think a lot of people just didn't give this a fair shot based off of you know the events of the first two episodes. And don't get me wrong, I don't I don't think they're well structured, but I I don't fucking care that Teal is the main character. Like uh, honestly, you should probably reevaluate your priorities if if you because like note it doesn't say He Man and the Masters of the Universe Revelation. It says Masters of the Universe revelation like it's not mm-hmm. it's not focusing that character you're so into uh from your childhood that you thought was cool uh because he had uh rippling muscles and you could be like him one day uh y- you thought looking back as you're like 45 uh and like 900 pounds ouch um yeah i don't know i i didn't have a problem with that at all i don't i don't care that he-man wasn't the sole focus of it um yeah i thought it was entertaining the animation's good i really liked a lot of the voice cast um i don't know man at arms and orko are kind of my my two go-tos from like the the masters of the universe thing and they're both they're both pretty good in this Mm. Yeah, it gives depth to characters that 
you know, didn't have yeah. depth in the first place. There's there's emotional moments involving Cringer, uh, whose literal like purpose in the story is to be a Frady cat. Until he gets imbued with the power and then becomes a fucking battle cat. Like yeah. a badass. Battle cat's awesome. So Oh, I man. Know. I don't know how much more we can talk about this without just getting right into it. Yeah. Uh, so, with that, what would you give the show? Uh, I'd give it a three and a half. Yeah, I'm going a, a flat three. For all the reasons I said before. Mainly because I'm threatened by women. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Definitely high marks for the animation, so. Yeah, I mean... It's powerhouse. I've come to expect it at this point. If when they make a bad animation show, uh, I'll I'll let you guys know. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could Son just play of a bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. All right. Uh, so, spoilers. If you're still listening, you either don't care or you have watched it. Because uh, it's five half-hour episodes. You have the time. Um, so, He-Man and Skeletor die in the first episode. It's true. And, I, you know, I, I waited until after, like, all the, the hubbub died down to, to finally watch it, and I went, okay, that makes sense why they died. Like, and it's interesting to see that the show instead wants to tackle what happens when there's this power vacuum because you have He-Man and Skeletor who've been fighting for ever, it seems, and then uh, the magic mm -hmm. of Eternia also disappears as well with them. Right, because the whole thing is that, you know, Eternia is the center of the multiverse and, like, as, Eterna as Eternia goes, so the universe goes. So, like, uh, the magic of Grayskull sustains Eternia, so if that goes away, then, like, the universe is doomed, so then what happens? Um, so Skeletor, rather than trying to defeat He-Man and take the power of Grayskull for himself, uh, finally finds out that, like, oh, the, the castle's just, like, a shell hiding the real, the real power is, like, beneath the castle. Uh, so, like, he opens up this, like, spiral stairway that leads to, like, a lush grove beneath the castle. Um, and then, like, He-Man attacks him and uh, fucking impales Skeletor on his sword, like, impaling him onto this, like, obelisk in the middle of the room. Uh, but it turns out that the sword went straight through Skeletor and into this obelisk because the sword is a key to open it up. Uh, and it just, like... Let's loose the, the pure, concentrated magic of Eternia. Uh, which, like, to have the universe not rip itself apart, He-Man uh, absorbs it into the Sword of Power, uh, which splits into two uh, pretty cool swords. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the blast, like, fucking vaporizes He-Man and Skeletor. Uh, and the swords disappear. 
Uh, and then fade to black uh, six years later. Yeah, do we know how much time actually passed? I thought it was six years for some reason. Huh. Yeah, because, like, you, you know, Tila has her whole thing where they're in the the court, and they're like, He-Man died, and then fucking Diedrich, ba- Diedrich Bader's like, Yo, I wish my son could see what a true hero was like, and it's like, but He-Man was your son, and then it's like, dun, bum, dun, bum, bum. And then and then Tila <laughs> throws a fit, kinda, but being like, hey, I don't like that you guys lied to me, so fuck all of you, and then walks away. I was just like confused by that because I don't know. I don't feel, like, I don't feel like like they built to that point. It was just like, oh, that happened, and now it's it's the the point of the show. Uh yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think I liked that well enough as the setup. Cause then, like the whole, the whole thing becomes like, uh, with that power vacuum, and then like magic leaving Eternia for the most part. Like, uh, the sorceress can't sustain Grayskull for forever. Like her power is fading, um, and like Evelyn isn't strong enough to take Skeletor's place as like the big bad because her magic is weakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Triclops of all people becomes, uh, the new, (laughs) the new father of machines and is, uh, fucking completing people into abominations and and you turning them into, you were just so happy. I got it and I got a boner because it's like, Hey, it's, it's like this thing from magic, the gathering that I told Dan about and he listened intently. Yeah, it was like, oh, look, it's Yogmoth, everybody. We have Yogmoth Ran Physician here. So, yeah, like, I don't know. There, There's the whole conflict of, like, technology versus magic, which, like, I don't know. Whenever the trailer for this came out, like, that's that's kind of the aesthetic about the Masters of the Universe that I think is really cool. Because it's like this post-apocalyptic world where, like, magic and technology are, like competing forces mm-hmm. and uh i like that it's cool yeah because i mean if you think about it like technology is like technically a form of magic and i think it's been exper- like experimented with as a theme in other productions but like what was con- like because imagine like going back in time and being like hey caveman look at this fucking light bulb i have that you know lights yeah. things and like look magic and you're like no 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 Science. Well, any any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah. Uh then so yeah, we get our, our time skip, and then uh Tila shows up with somebody who I don't know who they are, uh, and they never really do a good job explaining who Andra is, and then uh has a new haircut, which I was just like, okay, that's fine. She can have a new haircut, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so do do like what was the last time you watched uh, Masters of the Universe, and uh, who the fuck is Andra? I think she's just a new character. I mean, then I want to know who she is. Like, I want her to actually have a character. You yeah. know? Yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, just random sidekick. Yeah, I guess. I mean, whatever. It's 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 whatever, but like, also b- bad writing. Like, I don't know. I don't feel. I feel like if they 
start talking about who she is in the second part, it's not good writing because like there should have just been an episode where it's about them teaming up. Like Tila storming off, teaming up with Andra, and then, you know, showing up with a new haircut the the following episode. I mean, I didn't find with that. If this was a six episode part one. Yeah. I don't know. I wish that I could get in a fight with my parents and then show up a bit later with a cool undercut. Yeah, right. And then your dad looks like a hobo now. What else? I like the main the main arc of the show, I guess, the main narrative thrust is like they have to uh go to heaven and hell to get the two halves of the sword of power and reforge the sword of power so that uh they can bring back magic to to Grayskull and save the world. Um and in the end like they end up going to heaven and it's, you know, it's paradise. It's pretty cool. Um and they actually meet Prince Adam there cuz he's there with with all the other champions from throughout Eternia's history. Uh, and he decides to come back to the mortal world, forsaking uh, the pa- uh, paradise afterlife and, uh, you know, fulfill his destiny on Eternia. So he man's back. Because, uh, you know, of course he is. Right. Why wouldn't um, he be back? He's the main yeah. character. That we that we haven't seen in uh, five episodes. Yeah, and then uh, and then of course you know because why wouldn't he be? Uh, Skeletor's back also. Uh, and as as uh, He Man is fixing the thing and bringing back the power, um, Skeletor manifests out of Evelyn's staff where he's been hiding. Uh, and fucking impales him through the kidney with a spear. Yeah! It's like, he fucking takes the sword of power and proclaims himself to have the power. Um, so yeah, the, the series ends with, uh, Prince Adam bleeding on the ground and Skeletor claiming the power of Grayskull for his own, finally. Yeah, it's finally. all these years. It's finally happened. And I was like, oh, that's cool, where's this gonna go? Yeah. And then uh, there were no more episodes, so I was like, oh, that's sad. Oh, well. That's what it is. So, I mean, it's a part one. I believe part two is also considered part of the first season, and we have a first season confirmed for this show, so uh, there's at least that. Hooray. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll definitely watch more of this. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down to watch more of it. I make you watch shit uh, that you hate on a weekly basis anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about uh, with regards to Masters of the Universe Revelation? I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, I have nothing else to say as well. So, with that, let's cut into another quick break. And when we come back from that break, we will be here to talk about a patron requested review for Hold the Dark. Hello everyone, this is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay, yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. 
On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Uh, you can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not how this <laughs> works, sir. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get no patron request or review for Hold the Dark. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Uh, Hold the Dark is a 2018 action drama thriller movie. Uh, it's a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. After the death of three children suspected to be killed by wolves, writer Russell Core is hired by the mother of a missing six-year-old boy to track down the locator son in the Alaskan wilderness. This is directed by Jeremy Saulnier. Uh, it stars Jeffrey Wright, Alexander Skarsgård, and James Badge Dale. Uh, Dan, what did you think of Hold the Dark? So, a bit of context. We uh, actually originally reviewed this back in when it came out in 2018. Uh, however, you died that episode. So I got Sean Ennis to come on. Uh, we talked about it, and we never heard your thoughts. So uh, this is your redemption, Caleb. You can finally talk about this movie. Uh, as for what I think, uh, I'm less positive on it now than I was back then. I thought this was a pretty a pretty good movie back then. Now I think it's just fine. It's... It's, like, weird and obtuse and out there, and I'm sure there's people who are smarter than me that really appreciate this movie, but I just went in being like, huh, so this is what you went with. Okay. And then, you know, walked out being like, eh, whatever. Uh, what did you think? I think it kind of sucks. <laughs> okay. And then, like, for those reasons, it's just... Uh, shit's just happening. Uh, it's just... I don't know. Everything sucks. Like, why why is this the way it is? And why is this nature writer, the person you hire to help the police track down this kid? I, I, I don't get that part. I don't get anything really like the 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 general behavior of these two human beings uh because eventually we find out they're i don't know what like we find out the kid gets killed by his mom and then uh fucking whatever scars guard comes home and he's like oh my kid died okay i'm gonna go find the mom and then you know spoilers for the end of the movie uh, he doesn't fucking kill the mom like we thought. They just fucking run off together and nothing happens. Yeah. Although, you know, every police officer in the, um, in this area of Alaska is now dead. Yeah, it's true. What? <laughs> Why were there like 30 local cops? I know, in right? In this town that has like eight houses. I, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, so let me ask you something. Did you pick up the fact that uh, Riley Keough and the Skarsgård are actually brother and sister? No. Because that is 100% true. 
Uh, they are brother and sister because this is based on a book, and in the book, they are brother and sister. Okay. So their child is a product of incest. So so why does the mom strangle the kid? Um, it's from how I understand it, it's supposed to be like symbolic of like their relationship to the wolves. Because like we see her wearing a wolf mask, we see uh, Skarsgård wearing a a wolf mask, and supposed to, like they're supposed to represent like wolves for some reason. Why I don't know. Uh, but you know. So she, like, kills him because, as we see earlier in the movie, the wolves eating their young to survive, it's kind of like that thing. Where it's like, I, I guess because they live in a dirt-poor town, you know, they <laughs> they kill their, they, like, she kills her kid in order to survive herself, and it's like, okay, whatever. But I don't, <laughs> I just don't get why she actually did kill the kid. I don't either. I don't. I, I like. I and I don't get why she killed the kid and then wrote a letter to a man to say a wolf killed my kid. Yeah, like it's it's like Knives Out, but worse because like the whole thing is set in motion by Ransom writing the letter to uh oh god what's his name? I almost said Guy uh, Guy uh. Vilmont, which is like the the fucking CEO of uh, Ubisoft, and that's not him. Uh, oh, uh, Mr. LeBlanc, that's it. So, like, I don't get it. I mean, you're not wrong. Everything you're everything you're saying is is not wrong. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fucking weirdo movie, dude. <laughs> well, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Um, I don't know. I I think it's kind of stupid. Um, having a couple punchy action scenes doesn't really do anything for it. They just feel disjointed and out of place. Yeah, because like we get that that shootout scene at like the massive shootout scene because I think the guy's like an M sixty, uh, and he just starts murdering cops and it's like okay, yeah, this just is for really no reason. Weird. He's got just an M sixty mounted in like his fucking loft. Like, I mean, okay, like. I don't know. It's another two-hour movie, and I don't know. I feel like without that scene, I guess like somebody was like, "Hey, you need more shit in here that you know is action-oriented because people aren't gonna yeah. care." I don't know. It's like the it's like the the drainage scene where he beats the guy with the bowling pin from fucking There Will Be Blood. It's like the only thing there for you to like latch on to and yeah. give a shit about. I don't know, I like Jeffrey Wright, but, like, they don't give him anything to do. Like, it's also as much, like, Skarsgård's movie as it is Jeffrey Wright. And, like, there's no mystery is the other thing. Like, it's not a thriller. Because, like, there's no mystery. Everybody knows all the information that they need to know at any time. Yeah. You've made my rating worse. Congratulations. You win today. (laughs) Alright, yeah. I don't... I just don't really care about this movie. That's fair. Uh... Jason, I hope you didn't like it too much because, you know, yikes if you did. I'll give it a two. And I'm going two and a half, which might be too generous. All right. Uh, Well, what are we doing next week, Dan? Uh, Next week on the show, main topic, no idea. I'm going to leave it up to you. Whatever you want to do, we can do. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a stupid idea. 
I mean, if if you're up for it, it's not the worst. Um, uh, probably not the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> I've I've noticed that they put all three of the Austin Powers movies on Netflix now. I just want to see if they hold up at all. Oh, okay. that's fine. <laughs> We have a Netflix original to cover it anyway, so it's okay. Uh, and speaking of that, Netflix original, uh, for our third segment, it'll be a patron requested review for uh, Good on Paper, starring Elisa Schlesinger, I think is how you say her name. Uh, she wrote the movie, she did not direct it, so, you know, alternate universe, her can claim only one thing. Uh, that yeah, comes that's true. To, that comes to us from Sam Hurley of Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. Uh, he, I believe he said he only made it 20 minutes in. Oh, God. So, uh, we'll see. We will. Uh, tell them stuff, Dan. You can find a show at NetflixandSwill.com. If you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill, join our Discord server. Link is in the show notes for that. Uh, also, I probably should just promote it more actively. Uh, buy our merch. You know, uh, be a patron. You know, $5 patrons of our show can give us a movie every quarter to watch. Although, uh, depending on how we're doing in terms of $5 patrons, which is a good problem to have, uh, we might have to scale that back, you know, once every uh, once every half a year or something like that. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll workshop it. But yeah, Netflix and Swill.com uh, is the best place to find everything because it's a one-stop shop. That's what that means. <laughs> is it a one-stop shop? Uh, for all things Netflix and Swill is. Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. Uh, which is how Jason's going to feel about us hating to hold the dark. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and on that note, until next week, we will see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.